Good morning, everybody. How's it going? Cool. Well, thank you so much. Um, as always, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to, to get together and share um, how, how many papers I have. Just two this time. Um, perfect. There they are. Wonderful. Is it centered? Am I good here? Cool. All right. Josh's approval. Great. Well, hey, thanks so much for being here. I'm excited to get into this. Um, Like I said, as always, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to share what God's been showing me through the Bible and through my time in prayer and and just how it plays out with the people I get to live life with. So thank you all for being here. Thank you, Pastor Andy, for for allowing me to to do this. And um, the theme we've been on for this past month really has been abide or die. And it's a really provocative and exciting statement. And it's actually accurate and biblically true. Jesus says himself in in John 15, verse 8, that this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And that's what we're going to get into this morning is the fruit and the root. What is the fruit in your life? Is it good fruit? Is it bad fruit? Is it helpful? Is it harmful to the people around you? What is the root of the fruit? And and do we even know where to begin, how to figure that out? And so we're going to get into that this morning. And these are challenging questions and and to have to kind of evaluate ourselves to figure these things out. But thankfully, we have God's word to help us define what is good and bad fruit. We have God's word to be able to show us how the, the Holy Spirit will empower us to live. We're going to get into uh, Galatians chapter 5, verses uh, 16 through uh, 25 this morning. So before we do that, let's just pray. God, I thank you so much for your goodness to us, Lord. We pray that you would uh, just stir in our hearts, God, and start to work in our hearts to produce the fruit that you want in our lives. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit, and we thank you for your word, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Getting some water. Now, the crazy part about uh, about bearing fruit is that no matter what in our lives, thank you so much. No matter what in our lives, we are going to bear fruit of one type or another. And the freaky and the crazy part about that is sometimes that fruit can be harmful and it can be dangerous to the people around us. And as we look at that fruit, it will, again, it'll tell us the root. And like Jesus says, by the fruit you will recognize them. So. How do we differentiate the different type of fruit that we have in our lives? How can we know, again, if it's rooted in something good or bad? So we'll start in Galatians 5, verse 16. It says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh, for the desire of the flesh is against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these two are in opposition to one another in order to keep you from doing whatever you want. So from that verse, those two verses, what we get out of that are the two root systems that will produce different types of fruit in our lives. On one side, we have the flesh root system, and on the other, we have the spirit. And for us to really understand what we mean by flesh and by spirit of these two root systems, we got to dig in, right, to, to what these words actually are. And so on the flesh side, that's a Greek word for sarx, or that's the, that's the sarx is the Greek word for that, and it says, uh, denotes, it's flesh, denotes mere human nature, the earthly nature of humans apart from divine influence, and therefore prone to sin, and opposed to God. So when we talk about flesh, we're talking about the part that wants to pull us away from God, the part that wants to do things our own way, 
The part that gets scared and anxious and fearful when calamity and circumstance comes our way. The part that says, you know what, I'm going to figure this out in my own way. So that's the part of the, of, of the root system that, of flesh that we're talking about. And in opposition to that is, new, is the spirit uh, root system, which is the Greek word for pneuma. And watch this. It says, the spiritual nature of Christ higher than the highest angels and equal to God, the divine nature of Christ. And we'll get more into how the Spirit works in us in a minute. But we see we have these two root systems that are fighting and contending to bear fruit in our lives, fruit that's going to hurt people or harm people. And as you can see, uh, there's the flesh and then there's the... uh, the, the spirit on the, both of those sides. And so they're, they're both waging inside of us. And um, if you check out Romans 7, 14, verses through 25, it goes into detail about this, this tension that we experience where Paul starts to write about what I want to do, I don't do, and what I do, I don't want to do. And there's really, that's what it's like for us is we have this tension constantly inside of us. And that's the spirit and the flesh at work against us. And so we, we continue on in Galatians 5. We're shown exactly... What kind of fruit this root system produces in our lives, starting in verse 19. It says that now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are sexual morality, impurity, indecent behavior, idolatry, witchcraft, hostilities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and these uh, things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have warned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, when we see that list, and we see these different fruits, the different fruits that come from this root system, there might be a lot of different responses that we have when we see that. We might start to scramble and start to think, you know what, I mean, I see a couple of those that I identify with, but not all of them, so I'm not as bad as I might be, right? We might even start looking that at those, that list and start thinking and projecting that onto other people, thinking, oh my gosh, yeah, I see that person, that person has that, man, outburst of anger, oh, that's for sure somebody else to try to deflect, to soften the blow of what we're experiencing. Some of us might even try to do what the world tries to do. And start to think, man, I'm going to fix this myself. You know, I'm going to read a good book. I'm going to go through this seminar. I'm going to do these different things to try to get rid of the envy that I experience, to be more grateful. I'm going to do these different steps and these different programs to overcome my addiction. I'm going to do these different things to, man, this fruit isn't good. And I'm going to do everything I can to take it off. And then guess what? It comes back. Whatever your experience might be when you read this, maybe you're overwhelmed by shame. You see this, and you're like, forget it. There's nothing I can do about it. Like I'm, I'm, like, I'm like 100% on those. And this sense of shame and just overwhelmed, like, that's it. There's nothing I can do. Whatever your experience is when you see this, you have to remember, we have to keep in mind that these fruits are just the symptoms of sin. And Jesus didn't come and die to treat symptoms. He came to uproot the system of sin that disconnects us from God and from each other. If you check it out, watch what it says here um, in, uh, in Romans 6 through 10, uh, 6, 10 through 11. It says that the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. It's the Spirit of God that comes in to uproot these roots of sin, these roots of the flesh, and to put in a new root system that bears fruit 
that benefits and helps and pushes people along to understand their relationship with God. And check out Romans 8, 9 through 11. You, however, are not of the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death, right, we have those two root systems. They're going to constantly be fighting. We're constantly subject to this battle of the flesh and the spirit, even though our body is subject to death. Because of the sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your immortal bodies because his spirit lives in you. That tension that you feel, the discomfort that you feel when you read through those verses is actually evidence of the Holy Spirit drawing you in closer, drawing you into a place of freedom, drawing you into a place of forgiveness, of wholeness. So when you feel that, don't resist it. Give into it. Say, God, what is it you're doing in me right now? Why do I feel this way? And guess what? He who began a good work in you will see it come to completion. I mean, check out what Philippians uh, chapter 2, verses 12 through 13 says. Continue to work out your salvation in trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and act in order to fulfill his good purpose. When we abide and when we remain, that's our participation in being able to watch the Holy Spirit move in us and to do things through us. And because of Jesus, we're free from sin. We're free from sin and we're empowered to participate in uprooting the fruit and the roots that cause harm. And that's not just why he died for us. That's not just the, that's not where it ends, right? He was resurrected and he gave us his spirit not to slap us on the wrist when we do bad things because we're not good little Christians. He gave us his spirit so we can bear fruit, so that fruit can grow inside of us that will bless those around us. Fruit that will impact the course of people's lives that can change the trajectory of where someone is going by the fruit that's in your life. Fruit that will cause people to taste and see that the Lord is good, right? Fruit that is not of this world and it's not of ourselves. It's fruit of the Spirit that is planted and cultivated because of the Spirit at work in our lives. And because of Jesus, we're able to bear the fruit of the Spirit. And thankfully, We don't have to try to guess what the fruit of the Spirit might be or, again, even worry about how it's going to grow and be produced because God shows us all that in the rest of Galatians 5, starting in verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit as well. Let's not become boastful, challenging one another and envying one another. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of love, opposes selfish ambition. The fruit of joy opposes anger. The fruit of peace opposes the hostility that we experience with each other and ultimately with God. 
And the fruit of the Spirit comes in to, to shift and to change the different types of things, the different fruits that are growing in our lives. Again, we're not called to abide so we can make up for the symptoms of sin. When we abide, we bear the fruit of the Spirit, and it reveals that our needs and our, our, all of our needs and wants are satisfied, and we're able to bear fruit for, for the people around us and for the different circumstances that come our way. Because there really is two main ways that I've found, and I'm, like I was talking to uh, Penny earlier, I'm still a young spring chicken, but I have found uh, two ways that fruit is revealed in our lives. And the first way is through our relationships. Just last Sunday, um, I was before after dinner, before putting the kids to bed, I was running around playing with the kids. We're like doing leapfrog and all this fun stuff and having fun playing chase. And, you know, I just love it. It's so much fun because it'll be like, you know, little Juliet, Dad, chase me, chase me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, yes, I love it. She's so cute. And her squeal and her screech when I psych her out and come around the other way. And she, like, you know, tries to backpedal and run around. Oh, it's so much fun. Having all this fun. And then um, it was time for bed. Put them to bed. After they were in bed, I was getting ready to make a store run to get some groceries, and one of our kids comes out, and she comes out, and she's like, Dad, Dad, I really want to go to the store with you, and I was like, no, it's like 9 o'clock, go to bed, and she started to get really emotional and started to cry, I'm like, listen, babe, you are very tired, clearly, I know everything, you're just tired, go to bed, and so she finally went to bed, and I was like, all right, cool, so when I got back from the store, Jenna told me, she's like, listen, the reason why that our kid was so upset was because she wanted to be around you as much as possible before the gloomy and withdrawn dad came back. There was this sense of urgency where she just wanted to be around the fruit of the happy fun dad before that was all used up and the fruit of the gloomy, withdrawn dad came back. And it's a bittersweet insight into the how my kids perceive the fruit of my life, the, some of those you know, really important relationships. And, and rather than kicking myself in shame, and feeling bad about it, right, I see an opportunity for God to prune the different things in my life so that good fruit can grow. And to go before the Lord and say, God, what is, what is the root system? What, what, what root of the flesh is causing this to happen? And what can we do about it? What do you want me to do? What, what does it look like? How do, we, how do we handle this? And so um, in your own life, in your own relationships, when you are confronted with the different experiences that people have of the fruit of your life, don't wallow in shame. Don't get defensive and put up your, your, your walls and stuff to, to try to justify. Take some humility and say, you know what, God, Holy Spirit, help me to see. Help me to see what's going on in my life. What do you want to prune in my life, God? What do you want to uh, uproot in my life to get rid of completely? And, and um, God is faithful to do that. And that as we abide and as we remain, as we get into the Bible and we spend time in prayer and we stay in community worshiping with each other, these different things are able to be pruned. These different things are able to be uprooted. And so um, circumstances, again, th those are, oh, wait, real quick, I forgot. We're going to do snack time. Who wants to have a snack? Who wants a snack? All right, we're going to do snack time. So, uh, Malacio, can you come up here? So what we're going to do really quick uh, is we're going to have a little snack time to show just how important the fruit in our lives actually is. So I have over here a nice little tray of snacks for Malacio because I know he's a hungry boy, right? So th this is how it works in our lives. We produce different types of fruit, and people are going to consume it no matter what. It's just going to happen, whether you intend it for, uh, for it or not. So you want a snack? If you like snack? Okay, cool. Well, hey, let's check under this bowl. What do we got here? Ooh, what about some grapes? 
You want a grape? Have a grape, man. Look at that. I've been, I've been abiding. I've been remaining, man. Have some grapes. This is super good. Is that refreshing? That's awesome. Okay, hey, you know, I have some more fruit, man. What about a nice crisp apple? Does that sound good? That, that'll help you, right? So you're going through a hard time in life, and, and you're, you're sad, you're depressed, and you know what? Here, man, here's some fruit. God's been doing some amazing things in my life, right? So enjoy that. Over here, uh, wow, you might not want this. It's supposed to be a good banana, but uh, so, hey, this is a good example. Don't let the fruit hang on the tree, right? Don't let it just hang on the tree because it will eventually look like this, and don't worry about that piece. Give it, produce, share it, give it out to people. And then lastly, oh, a couple of cherries. Who doesn't like a cherry? Now, sometimes with the fruit that we have for each other, there's the good stuff. But in the middle, there might be a little something we need to spit out, right? And that's okay as well. So pretty good little snack there, right? Yeah, not too bad. There's, yeah, spit that part out. That's, that's the bad part. Now, so these are all really good fruits, really tasty, and they satisfy, they nourish. You know, maybe they're a little bit hanging on the vine a little bit too long. So we should have gave, you know, shared that earlier. But did you know that also, not just these delicious fruit, that Carolina Reaper peppers are actually fruit as well? They're actually technically a berry, right? So now say that Malaysia, I think there's a ghost pepper and a Carolina Reaper pepper here. Now say that Malaysia is going through a really hard time and I haven't been abiding. I haven't been remaining. I haven't been in the Bible. I haven't been spending time with Jesus in prayer. I've been withdrawn and isolated from community because my feelings got hurt or because I just want to do other things. And, and Malaysia calls me because a tragedy has hit. And I'm just like, bro, dude, all I have is this. Here, go ahead. Have that, man. Like, just leave me alone. Or I lash out at him. Don't do it. Are you going to do it? <laughs> no! Oh, my gosh! That was the reaper! That, oh, that was the ghost of the reaper. Oh, my gosh. Wow. See, some people are crazy enough to actually hang around with you when you have horrible, terrible fruit. So this is what happens. He consumed the dangerous fruit. He's coughing. He's choking. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Awesome. Lacey, you can go ahead and sit down. Take the rest of that with you. <laughs> oh, man. That was amazing. That was incredible. But now listen, I'll say this. If you ever have bad fruit in your life and you just have nothing but pain to offer and nastiness to offer, go talk to Malicio. He clearly can handle it, right? Thank you, Malicio. That was legit. So circumstances are another way that fruit is revealed in our lives. And so... What fruit falls from your life when different things are shaken inside of you? When, when God comes, a situation, circumstances rather come to shake your life. Now, if you look at this uh, next picture behind me, so this is a fruit tree in Spain. It's an orange tree in Spain. And they have them all over the cities. And, and what they do to collect the fruit is they, they you can see, they, they kind of put that little tractor around the trunk of the tree and they grip it. They deploy this canopy that comes around it, and then once that's in place, they turn the tractor on, and it shakes the tree so violently that the tree has no other option but to drop all of its fruit, right? And so that is what will happen in our own lives as well. Circumstances will come our way that we have no control over and will shake us so hard and so violently that the fruit is going to fall off no matter what. You will not have any control over the fruit that falls. And so what would that fruit look like? What would that fruit be? For me in the past, when circumstances would come and shake my life, the different fruit that would fall off wasn't good. There would be depression and anxiety. 
And I would do everything I can to try to escape the situation and numb the pain and try to, try to find a way out from what was going on. And all these different fruits that would have taken place, that would have fallen, would have affected my family. They did affect Jenna and my kids and the people around me. And these different fruits that would fall off in the past of depression and escape, fear, anxiety, shame, and ultimately destruction. And so are you experiencing that when circumstances shake your life? Just recently, you know, this, this, this last week, we had something that come up, came up. And, um, and now when circumstances come, I kind of get a little, little excited only because I know that God's going to do something really cool. Like verse, uh, Romans 5, 3 through 5 says that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So I get a little bit excited when, when circumstances start to come because I can trust God's word. And I've seen him do it over and over, um, just come through and to be able to provide and, and know that I have that hope. And so, again, it doesn't mean that I'm you know, invulnerable or that hardship or stress or, you know, circumstances don't come my way. And even the negative thoughts and the feelings that come along with it, I still experience that stuff. And again, something came up recently where, you know, uh, where I was shaken. And, and, um, and I was shaken so, like, so much by it because it was really shocking, really jarring. And I remember I started to, to sit down and pray because it had the swirl of thoughts and emotions going around me. And so I sat down and prayed to detach from it, to say, God, what do you want to do? And as I did that, it was as if I was in this circle. And there's all these different doors that I could have walked through. There was the door of panic. There was the door of self-pity. There's the door of anger, and, and there's the door of self-medication, right? All these different doorways that I could have walked through. And then behind me, there was this door that had like this glowing golden light coming from it. And I just knew, man, that's the door to life. That's the door to truth. That's the door in the way that I should go. And so what do you, what do you think I did? Think I went through the golden door? No. <laughs> I beelined it straight to the panic door and started hyperventilating like, oh, God, this is it. Like chicken little man, this acorn fell on my head. And I'm like, this is it. This is it. The sky is falling. We're done for. For about 10 minutes, I just freaked out and just went through all the horrible scenarios in my mind. And then finally, I was like, you know what? I'm going to step out of that door and I'm going to breathe and I'm going to trust God's word. I'm going to trust what he's done for me in the past. I'm going to move forward. Rather than going down these different doors that I in the past would have just like went down as far as I could, I just stood back and just waited for God to do something incredible. And it's been cool because the fruits that have fallen off during this circumstance has been self-control instead of self-medicating. Rather than going down to the self-medicating where I would overeat or use other destructive coping mechanisms to try to handle the stress and the fear in the circumstance, there was self-control. And I didn't go down that route. In the past, that would have been my go-to immediately. Instead of, instead of that, instead of, uh, wow, sorry. I'm down here. Thanks. Uh, Instead of joy, there was anger, right? I could have been angry. I could have been frustrated with the situation, with, with what was going on. But there was literally a sense of joy only because I knew that God was going to do something. I knew that in the circumstance that God wasn't thrown off his throne. He wasn't freaked out. He knew it was coming. Like Jenna was saying earlier, he knows what's going on. He knows what's going to go on. And so there was joy, right? And, in, and instead, of pay, or instead of self-pity, there was patience. Rather than feeling sorry for myself and going down there and be like, man, this is my fault, I'm ashamed and feeling sorry. There was a patience that I had to be able to say, you know what? God's mercy is new every day. 
I know what I deserve ultimately, like I've talked about it before and I've spoken and preached before, like ultimately what I deserve is nothing good, but God has been so good to me already, so I'm going to be patient rather than wallowing in shame, rather than wallowing in self-pity, I'm going to see what God does. And, instead, and, the, and there was peace, the fruit of peace instead of panic after about five, ten minutes of panicking. <laughs> then the peace came, I was like, okay God, you're going to do this thing, it's going to be awesome. But I can recognize this fruit because it's not my fruit. I didn't produce it. This has nothing to do with me. My only participation in this is to, is to abide and to remain and to stay in that place with God. And the fruit comes because of the Holy Spirit. The fruit comes because of what Jesus is doing in my life. And so these relationships and these circumstances, they're, they're kind of like a check engine light on your car. Right? So when you start seeing these different things happen in your life, your relationships and your circumstances, it's like a check engine light in your car. And so there's different ways we can respond to that, right? We can ignore it and keep going until our car starts to make funny sounds. And then we just turn up the radio a little bit louder. It's all gone, right? Just ignore it, keep driving. And then eventually we're blown, our engine's blown on the side of the road in 105 degree weather. And we have to call Justin Kaczynski, the car pastor. And you think he's going to be happy with you? When he has to come out, when you ignored the light, you ignored the sounds, and your car's blown up, heck no! That guy's like a, a mama bear with cars. You know, you start messing with cars, he's going to come out and be like, what have you done? Have you checked your oil? Come on, Kyle. Like, all, every week, I get it. Yeah, your lights are still out, man. So d- don't, don't let that happen. And, and look at it this way, too. There's, um, there's a guy who goes to our community group. He's a pilot, Cheyenne. Cheyenne Ward, he's a pilot. And he gets to fly the Boeing Dreamliner, right? The big, big jet planes. He flies into Israel, South Africa, and he's, he's flying the plane. Now, imagine you're on that plane with Cheyenne, and you're going over the Atlantic Ocean, and warning lights start to go off. How would you feel if Cheyenne just ignored it? He's like, ah, oh, you know what? I'm, just, I'm not going to pay attention to that. I'm just going to turn up the music a little bit louder. What's going to happen? Right? You don't want that to happen. And that's the same with us. We are a lot like that. In our lives, there's people that are with us, that we're surrounded by, that we, we are sharing life with. And when the warning signs and the lights start to go off, we have to take heed of that. We have to pay attention to that and go into a time of prayer with the Holy Spirit and get into God's word and even start interacting with each other. Say, hey, man, do you, I'm experiencing this. Can you help me? Can you pray with me? Man, give me a good Bible verse to help me through this situation. And when we do that, that's, part, that's the abiding. That's the abiding and the remaining with Jesus, and, that, and through that, things get uprooted. Ways that we respond to circumstances, the depth and the, the love and the value, we're able to reciprocate it and share fruit with each other in our time of need. And so in your own life, it's so vitally important for us to abide and to remain because it, it's very true. You abide or die. In what areas in your life can you abide? Where can you be spending more time with Jesus? Where's the gap? Where, where can you get into community? Where can you find a place to get around God's people, to be able to have that iron sharpens iron situation where we can share faith, where we can mutually encourage each other? And so as we end, just remember, the whole purpose of this is that God wants to abide. He wants to be with us. He wants to do that not just so he can say, hey, you're wrong, you're bad, don't do this, don't do that, but so we can bear fruit, fruit that lasts fruit that's valuable and beneficial to us and the people around us. And, and as you start this process up, there might be some fear, might be some anxiety of like, like, well, man, if I go to meet with God, if I start doing this, I'm just going to get blasted. And I totally understand that. It was the same for me a few years ago. 
I shared the story before. A few years ago when I started really committing to prayer walking and going to the, going to the lake by my house and prayer, walking in prayer every morning, I was so scared. I was so reluctant. I didn't want to do it because I was so sure God was going to be like, you filthy son of a gun. There was this fear. And so what I would do when I would go out there and I'd prayer walk is for like the first couple of weeks, I would just go, I'd recite the Lord's Prayer because I didn't want there to be any dead space in case I heard something negative. So I'd be like, I'm praying, you know, Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name for like two miles, just like constantly. And then as time went on, you know, I kind of got a little bit like frustrated. I was like, okay, why are we out here? You know what I mean? Clearly I haven't been zapped by lightning yet, right? I haven't been blown out of the sky by sulfuric fire. Uh, so <laughs> what's going on? And so I was irritated. And then as time went on, I got to a point where uh, I just clearly felt God speak to me. He said, Kyle, before you're a husband, before you're a father, before you're a realtor, a pastor, before you're a guitar, before any of these things, you're my son, and I want to be with you. That's the father's heart. That's the joy. That's the opportunity that we have. When we talk about abiding and remaining and giving our lives over to Jesus and allowing the Holy Spirit to uproot these systems of flesh, these root systems of flesh, and start planting and cultivating and pruning the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, is that he's our Father. He loves us. He loves you. And he wants to be with you intimately, daily. So where can we find that space in our lives? Jesus, I thank you so much for uh, this group of people, God. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for your great love for us, Jesus, to, to die for our sin and to give us your spirit, to uproot sin, and to be able to cultivate and to flourish with the fruit of the Spirit. Father, I just pray that you would call us, you would draw us as a father, God, closer to you, God, where we can abide and remain, where our needs are met. God, where, where sin is uprooted, not just pruned and just, you know, kind of picked off, but completely removed from our lives. And God, where we can cultivate and prune with you, with your spirit, the fruit of the spirit. Jesus, we thank you for it. We thank you for everything you've done. We thank you for what you're going to do. And we just pray that our lives will glorify you and that by our fruit, they will know, people will know that we belong to you. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.